You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Hey, welcome to the Formed and Sent podcast, a podcast uh, by the Village Church and for the Village Church that gathers uh, usually in downtown Hamilton, Ohio. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors of the village and with me today, I'm not going to point, you guys just go. <laughs> My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors of the village. My name is Matt Tucker. I'm one of the pastors of the village as well. Our title sounds so generic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's my name. I do what he does. <laughs> Matt says at least emphatic because he has the, the T double stop Matt Tucker. It, it just sounds like one word if I'm like Matt Tucker. Yeah. I'm like what? What was that? So. I'm a ducker. <laughs> it's, like, it's a curse. One of us needs to be a cultural architect and uh, somebody needs to be something else. True. I don't know. You come up with your own. My name, and my name needs to be Michael Lamb. <laughs> Michael Lamb. <laughs> Uh, all right. So today we're going to continue our series um, just talking about the Bible. Um, and we've talked the last couple episodes. One, the first one was um, just kind of some basics about the Bible, what it is, um, what we should know about it, about ourselves, about um, even God, like as we're going about reading it. Last week, we talked about some of the major themes, some of the major things that we can, uh, that we should take note of and see as we go through the scriptures just to help us understand what's going on, like what the big picture of the Bible is. And today we want to talk a little bit about what it looks like for us to actually then like interact with the Bible, like in a practical setting. Um, so uh, to kick it to you guys, when you think of, of uh, somebody, maybe you think of yourselves, maybe you think of a uh, generic Christian man or woman uh, opening up their Bible, uh, what does that look like? Like what's the, the scene that you have in your imagination when that happens? I mean, when you look at, uh, I, I just imagine, yeah, a, a website that says, oh, read your Bible, whatever. Like, you, you would probably see a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> it, it would be remarkable if you didn't. And so I, I think there's this idea of um, if it's personal, tranquility, silence, ser serenity now, uh, a coffee cup, um, just kind of like a far cry from reality of life, it just like, you sit down and you open it up and it's sweet and it's, I mean, you know, that's, that's a, a stereotype. Um, I mean, maybe you see, I think about just true West along the lines of coffee. Uh, I look and sometimes I see kids, teenagers together with a Bible st stumbling through making jokes. And I love that. Um, and I just think in my heart, like, I hope that my kids when they're 16, 17, 18, whatever, like want to pop over to true West and open a Bible together with some of their friends. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And then I think of my dude, Mitch Munoz down in Guatemala. And I know when Matt and I got to hang out with them uh, and I've seen him a couple times before, he has a little Bible with him. And I don't know if it's normal or we just, you know, I, I catch him in, in moments where this is the case, but like in car rides and I mean, he's just, he just always has his Bible with him. Hmm. Like no matter where he's going, he's just open it up. And I mean, and, and he's not, I mean, necessarily like disconnected from stuff it's not like you know face in book and you know not not but it's just taking opportunity uh i guess as if someone you know scrolls through facebook 
or whatever, like just open up the Bible. And I just, that's rich to me. And that, that is an encouragement to me. And that, I just love that. So those are eh, some stereotypes and maybe one that's not a stereotype. Hmm. I had something similar to that. I had literally like two analogies and one was like a peaceful morning coffee, the sun coming up and no children. Like that is <laughs> like, like that's what you would see. You know, it's like the sun's is like a peaceful morning and there's just like you said, the cup of coffee. Normally there's also, if you see the pictures, like a notebook or a prayer journal off to the side. And that's kind of like fills out the picture of like the stereotypical Bible time as well. I also put the coffee shop theme with friends. It's kind of like a meditative vibe where it feels like they're like able to focus and consider and you know there's this look on people of like ah it's like fun and so those are the two vibes I had too is one it's kind of early morning one's like mid-afternoon coffee shop and it just kind of but there always is this this vibe of like peace and calmness and just this being able to focus which I think is maybe tough for reality sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If you see kids in the picture, they're like sedated, you know, someone sedated <laughs> them and on the couch. And they're okay. reading by themselves. They're cuddled up and paying attention to the book that, you know, <laughs> mom or dad has in front of them. Like, no, that's not how that works. They're praying for our Bible time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing for me, all those things. Uh, I also think of like, uh more of a home library setting as well so like if someone's like like not the coffee cup devotional but the the study it's like you know there's uh, a bunch of books behind them and they have a bunch of books like open on their you know on their desk and they're writing notes and jotting stuff down and you know like that kind of a that kind of an image in my head pops up too and so uh but i think what's interesting is like all all of those environments by and large feel sterile <laughs> <laughs> but like they feel pretty sterile like it's it, it, there has to be that peace or tranquility or that calm you know and like uh and environments certainly can be helpful or unhelpful to being able to pay attention and read and all those things but yeah it's just I, I think sometimes the expectations that we have in our head when it comes to what bible reading or bible study or whatever looks like actually like keeps us from doing it sometimes or sets us up for frustration and disappointment you know when we do it um which is why i think i, I kind of like it's a good for us to talk about this particular thing because i think all of us would say like well yes we try to probably carve out time to be able to study and read in quiet like most of the time we're, we're fighting over kids and we're you know interrupted in the midst of reading stuff and everything else you know so yeah. good for us to talk about this stuff uh yeah so to like take our uh, to take maybe ourselves or uh, images of coffee shops um, and all that stuff like out of it uh, and to go back to man just how the original hearers the original audience of the bible itself would have interacted with the bible um, because we certainly have our ways of doing that but uh, they had their own ways like what would that have looked like for them you know d did they go to the local coffee shop and uh, sit down and and unroll a scroll and read it? Or what did it look like? What was the scene for them? How did, how did the original audience uh, kind of interact with the Bible? I think probably, and I wasn't there, but I'm, I'm guessing that most people <laughs> didn't wow, well have- then, Hey Matt, you can't talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> that disqualifies you. Discredited yourself. But I'm guessing most people didn't have their own, like you said, personal scroll. And so <laughs> from a lot of the examples I looked up, um, they're going to a specific place. You think of like, look at Nehemiah 8, 
and you know they have a, a reading where I think it's um, Ezra gets the people together and he reads out loud like kind of on a, a higher position over them for multiple hours of a day you think of even the new testament when mary and joseph lose jesus and he's back at like the temple or the synagogue around a group of people discussing the scriptures together and so in in most of the instances that i looked at um it's kind of in a communal setting most of the time there's a person with the scriptures reading over somebody else and then there's like group discussion around it yeah i looked at like acts um 8 30 there's a also kind of a unique study with the ethiopian eunuch I, I do think it's all around but it's also with multiple people always involved it's you know this is out in the desert and you know philip by the lord has led to this guy and he's, he's literally in a desert trying to figure out the bible and and god brings him to him and it's just crazy how there's always different people involved talking about the bible and exp explanation as well Mm -hmm. I love that Mary and Martha, you know, situation, um, like a community group gathering or something. Jesus is talking. Uh, one of them sits down, somebody's doing dishes. Yeah. Um, think about uh, Peter, he, when, when he was freed from prison, I think they were having like a prayer meeting, but you get the idea that it was like communal. Um, maybe they're sitting around the scriptures. He shows up, they, they close the door in his face. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love all those examples, but I think maybe even for me, I looked at this and zoomed way out. Um, like they didn't have a book um, in, in oral cultures. They didn't, they didn't have a book at all. Moses wrote, you know, um, the, the Pentateuch largely well after. And so, man, you, you have oral, you, you have the, the reason for them to set up statues and, you know, monuments is because they told the story. Like that's how the Bible had legs to begin with was, was not a, a leather bound book, but it was, it was, it was a story of old. Um, and it was passed down from generation to generation. And then you have, um, you know, in, in the new Testament, how the Bible was read was uh, someone checked the mail and, um, and they said, Hey, you got a, a letter from Paul. And they, they read it out loud. And they weren't thinking, this is the Bible. You know, it was just like, what is what is God speaking to us through his servant, Paul? Um, so, yeah, a lot more in that. But just think that's cool as well. That's good. Yeah. So it was meant to be read aloud or heard aloud, mm -hmm. which is different. I think we usually think of reading in quiet. And mm -hmm. they would have just been listening to someone who could actually read, actually read it out loud to them. There's that communal aspect that you hit on Matt, like that they discussed it. Like yeah. it was like a, it was a discussion to be had. And because they, it wasn't like uh, everyone had their own set of scrolls that they could unroll and read, man, like when you got together and uh, you know, they didn't have community group or whatever, but man, they would go to synagogue or they would approach the priest to talk about something or whatever. Like, man, that was the time they got to hear. And that was the time they got to interact and ask questions and discuss it and all those things. Um, and so like, that's, that's a scene. And then I was, I was actually surprised at, um, at how often we hear about people uh, meditating on the scriptures. Um, when I was going back and looking to the old Testament, I mean, as far back as, uh, as Isaac um, talks about Isaac going out into a field and meditating um, uh, on the Lord and, and just over and over and over again, uh, Joshua one, eight, um, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Um, and then Psalm 1, which is like the very first Psalm, just talks about how important the word is, uh, planting ourselves, you know, like a tree by, by the stream of its water. And it says, uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And so just this idea of, uh, of even if you were um, just a, a regular Joe Schmo back in the day, and maybe you heard, you know, a, a scroll, you saw a scroll un, uh, unraveled and then read aloud, you would hear that, maybe you would talk about it, and you would think about it, you know, throughout the day, like that's what we that's what we ought to do. It's not like this little segmented time, you know, of our, uh, of our day that we kind of do our thing and then move on. But like, man, it, it seemed like it was hammered in over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament, how much we should actually meditate on what it is that we hear, which isn't just trying to empty our brain of whatever. It's trying to say, hey, like, I want to listen and chew on and pay attention to what God's saying here. Uh, God help me get it. You know what I mean? Good. And I love that idea. And I think for us in modern culture, meditation is like some weird Eastern religious, <laughs> you have to like, you know, like, yeah. like to give deep thought to you, let it shape your thoughts, like all the time. Like, yeah. that seems pretty reasonable. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I love that. That's awesome, Scott. Yeah, meditate. I, I was looking up what the word meant and it means, um, like murmuring to yourself or like talking quietly to yourself. So imagine someone with earbuds in walking down the street, actually having a phone conversation, but it doesn't look, you don't know they're having a phone call. It just looks like they're talking to themselves. I mean, it's that kind of thing. Like you're, you're like chewing on and wrestling with, you know, whatever the, the thing you heard is um, today, whatever the thing you read was. And so, it's good. Um, yeah. Anything else uh, in terms of the way that we see people interact with scriptures or how they use it or whatever? Um, just again, like in Acts two forty two, I think that's probably a passage that we all know, but it talks about how they had all things in common. Hmm. They gathered together and talks about how they, you know, they did not forsake the apostles teaching. And even Ephesians five nineteen, it's it talks about how you sing to one another or declare God's word through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And it, it talks about not just personal, but also like basically doing that to somebody else, declaring mm -hmm. those things. And so it does seem like man, like the more I got into this, it is just interesting how much it revolves around others with you thinking on this and meditating on it. It's really good. So I liked it. That's good, Matt. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing about singing. Um, I think we did a sermon series on the Psalms of Ascent, Psalms so. 120 through 134, I think. And I think our ladies did a study on it at some point as well, mm -hmm. but just the idea, man, like those were not things that they just, you know, like read at home and quiet and maybe hummed to themselves, but like they literally sang those songs together yep. as they were going up, you know, the mountain of Jerusalem or whatever. And so, yeah, all sorts of ways that people seem to interact with the Bible that again, for us, we think, Hey, like, it's just this quiet little time, but like, no, it's, yeah. it's chaotic. It's loud. It's interactive, yeah. you know? Absolutely. That's really cool. I'm sure it's like a memorative tool too, or help them to memorize things as they didn't have, the Bible constantly in front of them, probably singing is a great way to remember a truth from a scripture mm -hmm. um, in a way that maybe they wouldn't remember it otherwise sometimes. And yeah. I'm not saying that's the only reason why they put it in the song, but I'm sure that is a tool that they used to continue to keep scripture in their minds as it wasn't so readily available to read all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Our kids yeah, listen to uh, <clears throat> the, the risers. Um, you know, it's like they basically just sing scripture, <laughs> but it's like 
so helpful for my oh, yeah. Bible memorization. <laughs> like when I hear a verse, like I can just, yeah, I can recite it. And I, yeah. I recite it or think of it to the tune of however they sang the song or whatever. It's great. It's helpful. Um, what, like, so how has that changed over time? And uh, maybe this is like a little nerdy history stuff or whatever, but like in terms of uh, maybe like technological advancements or cultural shifts or uh, education, like how has, how has the way that people have um, interacted with the Bible maybe changed over the course of history in some big ways? Um, I know this is a good thing, but I think it has caused changes because of all the the tools that we have available to us now to study God's word, you know, it just became in print in what the 1600s and we have the internet as of 20 years ago and we have so much available to us on devices and technology. That is a, a total blessing, but at the same time, I think that's more personalized it and allowed us to be um, kind of lone studiers of the word instead of communal studies of the word. Mm -hmm. And I think that again, man, it's so amazing to be able to sit here at a laptop and have 80 resources at a click of a button. And so we're spoiled. But at the same time, I think that that allows me in the privacy of my own home to do that and to kind of make it my own and not need maybe to kick that around with other people or to feel like I don't need to consider talking with someone else about it because I have everything I need right here. Yeah. So it's kind of like a good thing that we have all these tools at the same time. That's how it's changed it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is huge. Like if you have a theological subject topic text that you're struggling with, like, Oh, what does that mean? Like we, we would go to resources and let it, uh, I mean, ho hopefully with caution, let it tell us what it means mm -hmm. for the majority of, I mean, the, the vast, vast, vast majority of, history up until the last like let's say man 75 years when mm -hmm. I mean, you, you had the writings of some ancients but it certainly wasn't uh indexed and certainly not at the tip of your finger you know and so that is huge that that is a great service for a, a preacher like myself my goodness that's incredible but the disservice of it is we become numb and we become oh we we encamp and then we just hang out in the camp until we die without yeah. being shaped um, continually by, ah, well, what, how does this fit into my biblical uh, worldview? And how does this fit into my theological framework? And so I think it, it can create a culture of laziness, which I think is indicated by the, I'm sure we've hit on this before, but we'll say a Pinterest um, scripture and, and, and coffee mug and, and bumper sticker. Uh, and people think that they are students of the Bible because they have, half of a verse on a t-shirt um that is i mean I, that's embarrassing mm -hmm. <laughs> in the scheme of uh the men and women who have fought for truth and, and died along the way um and so man have a coffee mug with scripture on it that is great um sing a tune that is great but but that can't be the foundation of our yeah. of our theology and then one, one thing that's kind of off from that, but in another vein, you know, we, we preached through Second Corinthians and how much of that Paul was, was spending declaring himself to be an authority. I mean, it's what, the whole thing was, was a letter designed for him saying, like, God has sent me to declare truth. It's so easy for us to now take, I mean, we take that for granted or we just dismiss it just like people did in that time. Mm -hmm. But um, 
but like what a thing to have a canon uh, and I know there's debate about some books and whatever, but to have a canon of scripture that we look at and we say, nope, that's the authoritative truth. That is the word of God. Anything outside of that is not the word of God. They didn't have that. So like what a difficult, I mean, transition and, and uh, what, a, what a gift to live in such a time as this, you know? Yeah, which you would think uh, like could lend itself because of the invention of the printing press and because like so many more people, at least in developed worlds, are like literate now and they can actually read for themselves and we have the internet now. And so literally like we, most of us listening to this probably have multiple Bibles in our home and can literally just pull up whatever version of whatever Bible, you know, we, we want to pull up on our phone. Like it should, you would think that would cultivate like, man, rejoicing and liter biblical literacy that's just off the charts, you know? Um, but I think it like uh, our hearts, uh, the flesh, in our hearts like can just see that then as uh an opportunity for us just to not treasure it as something that's mm -hmm. like special like we're so accustomed to it being a thing um and just being around like almost like osmosis that well we have a you know, like the more bibles i have on my shelves like clearly the holier i am right? <laughs> clearly the see how, how much i i could understand the word if i wanted to because i have all these things well man that doesn't mean that you get it just because you have them on your shelf um, or have access to them all the time on your bible um yeah which is a bit of a bummer there's a, a video we've probably talked about this before i feel like we did in a previous podcast um of a um, i forget what country it is but it's a uh, it was a spot where like only maybe like the the book of matthew had uh been there among the uh the inhabitants there and there was like a plane mm -hmm. bringing in i don't know if it was the whole bible or new testament or whatever but like man there were just throngs of people celebrating cheering rejoicing weeping because they finally had access to god's word and i i think about that clip often and just how callous my own heart is to the yeah. fact that i have like <laughs> several versions like just sitting here in front of me and man my heart does not does not ponder and treasure that the way that i should yeah. um yeah and so again that's not uh that that is not a symptom of well like we shouldn't have that many bibles then that's a, hey, like, I should treat this thing as, even though it, it is all over the place, I should treat the word as something to be treasured, you know, mm -hmm. that I should delight in um, all the time. Um, so, like, all that stuff in mind, what are, like, how should we then go about interacting with the Bible? So, uh, is that, are those scenes of, you know, coffee cup in hand and, you know, quiet time and, coffee shop or whatever, like, are those things still legit? Is there more um, that we would say that should look like? How should we interact with the Bible? Um, I think for me, this is more personal, but I was, you know, we don't discard one or the other. We don't say, well, no personal and all communal or yeah. whatever, but gosh, like to take um, the personal things that I do learn in my own quiet Bible study and, and be able to merge those with sharing those things with somebody else to, to be in discipleship with other people um to be able to actually want to talk about what i'm learning with my family or with or my community group and when i was thinking about this i'm like wow like when's the last time someone in my community group maybe this happens in yours all the time when was the last time i said gosh man you know what can i just stop i, I was reading this this morning and this is what i learned and it was so life-changing to me and just to be able to like take it from my head 
to, to and be excited to share it with somebody else in a communal setting. And so I think, yeah, continue for me and personal study and, and growth and development for sure. That's that's responsibility and spiritual maturity. But then to add to that what we see in the scripture and to, to just be ready to talk about it more often as something I'm excited about and hopefully changing me and wanting to change that person or a group of people and trusting that God will do that through that. I think that's a, an area of growth that I get to take from this. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to villainize individualism in the scope of uh, the way we saw, you know, all the instances in scripture, or whatever, but, um, and, and I mean, you can worship quiet time. We know people that do that. No, like, it, like that, that's the thing. Like quiet time is, that's it. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, quiet time for 24 years and you've never spoken to anyone else about the Bible. Like, that's a problem. Um, so, but yeah, to your point, Matt, you don't get rid of either one of those things. Um, what a gift to be able to read. Yeah. If, if we knew how much of a gift it was just to be able to read, men and women alike, then, then to have God's word, man, on our shelf, leather bound, then to have it in, in pixel, search, cross-referenced, all the, I mean, Gosh, I mean, what uh, what a gift to be able to do that, and, and what freedom to be able to do that, um, uh, alone and together, and and to be able to open it up together. And I I have been uh, in in community group, like I would say countless times, just taken aback. Like I can't believe that we're sitting here, and that person, like just like you said, Matt, like somebody talks about what they were reading or, you know, like the text that we're looking at and just being like, what a gift yeah. to be able to delight in the goodness of God with other people. And we don't always see it eye to eye. And that's, that's beautiful. That's a great thing that we get to grow and, and um, you know, increase our theological understanding together. What a sweet thing um, on some, maybe some uh, practical sides of things. Uh, and I don't know if this spills into the next question or not. So you That's can uh, ask, ask me if I don't get to answer the next one. But, I'll push the but just a couple things in, in the, uh, the approach at when we open the Bible. Um, because of all this that we're talking about, and I, I know we said this, we'll say it again, but we have to get at what it meant before we get at what it means. <clears throat> By yourself or with a group, you're, you're looking, you're not, you're not opening up to say, what do you have for me, Lord? But you're looking up to say, what have you done with God's people in a time that doesn't look like this one? The more we understand culturally how they heard the word, how they uh, understood God, how they, you know, all those things, then and only then, when we begin to make universal truths that we see in their lives come to bear in our lives, then we can apply it. And so meant means that is a thing that when you open your Bible, always think, what did it mean uh, for them first, before you get to what it means for you. And then um, just this two, uh, th th this idea of, of raking the scriptures and of mining the scriptures. I think in the, the book, um, uh, Habits of Grace, uh, I plug that one. I'll plug it again. David Mathis, uh, it's a free PDF download, I think, from Desiring God. Um, one of the sections is on like the discipline of the word and and he just he does a magnificent job of just talking about raking the bible sometimes you're raking it and and you're moving leaves around and you might find a, a nugget in there and sometimes you mine and you dig and you and you you know you you discover a gem that there's no way you would find 
if you were only merely raking, um, make raking that. Uh, more to say, but I'll stop for there. No, I think uh, to your points, Michael. Like, I think one of the things that we should be doing most is interacting directly with the text. I think maybe that is a temptation for us, um, especially with the preponderance of resources that we have at our disposal, is to interact more with the resources that other people have put out or the teachings that other people have put out or in order for us to have a, a devotional time with the Lord, we have to go buy a devotional that's not the actual Bible um, or in order for us to study the Bible, we have to go buy like a study guide or whatever to go along with it. And those things are all helpful. I'm not saying like you shouldn't do those things, do those things. Uh, New Morning Mercies, you know, by Paul Tripp and uh, all the, you know, yeah, there's lots of resources out there that are good and helpful um, for both of those things. But I think we have to be mindful uh, to, to be interacting more with the text itself and, and not more with just what other people have said about the text. Um, and that's, uh, I think, when, we, when it comes to studying, um, again, or, or maybe devotional time too, like there is a, a difference in resources um, in terms of what they're pointing to. Like there are, this is probably oversimplifying, but uh, there are resources out there that like will just simply tell you what the text means. Hey, th th this is what this means, whatever. And then there's other resources that will basically like world build. So they'll help you see like the, the small building blocks of, hey, like this is what this little word meant, you know, in the language. Or, hey, this is what this like cultural thing meant uh, here in this time. And so like you can, you kind of see where the meaning comes from and how you get there. Uh, and those are two, two different things, two different sorts of resources that, you know, both are finding good, but um, at the end of the day, like, like for us who are interacting with the Bible, like we want to make sure that to get to Michael, your point, like in order to understand what it means, we have to know what it meant. And I think that requires that we, you know, if we're going to be studying, man, like do a little homework and find some of those resources that help us build the world around the Bible and, and not just assume that, oh, well, this teacher said it and I really like them. And so it must be true um, not to do that. Um, and then Matt, to your point, just about some of the individual stuff or whatever, like, I think uh, whether we are on our own or whether we're talking about it with other people, I think the temptation is to like discuss uh, what we think it means. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it means this. And, well, I think it means this. And I think it means this. And it's like, that's cool. Uh, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, like, like what, what does the text actually mean though? Like we can talk all day about what we think it means. But I think maybe our conversation should come first down to, yeah, but like, how do we know that's what this is saying? You know, what is the text trying to say? And then from there, okay, well, what does that look like in, in your life or in my life or whatever? So I think, Michael, what you were driving at, I think shapes the way that we ultimately interact with people in conversation, like Matt was saying. One more thing that came to mind is, and this is slightly off of the raking and mining, is that when we read a, a passage of scripture, sometimes it's helpful to like, read the whole book maybe a little faster or like a bigger chunk of it so you can kind of see the big picture mm -hmm. and then also there's other times when you get to burrow down in a couple verses and for a while and just say gosh like what is here and you know i've heard a lot of people talk about how like maybe they try to get 20 observations from these five verses and so they're just really practical ways to kind of get a big view of the text as well as also anchor down in a specific couple of verses to kind of just get a different picture of what's happening big picture mm -hmm. and little picture together yeah. A couple things um, for me, like in terms of 
uh, and Matt, you, you made me think of this earlier too, just like reading, uh, reading on my own that stirs me to want to talk about it with other people. Like, um, this probably looks different for you guys, Matt. I think you and Tammy have like regular kind of Bible time together. Michael, I don't know what you guys do or whatever. Um, but like Kel and I have tried the, Hey, let's sit down and read the, <laughs> the Bible together or read a book yeah. together. And like, it just, it has never meshed fully well with us. But what's worked really well is, I mean, both of us reading independently our own things. And then like, we have such rich conversations about like what the Lord is teaching us and telling us. And, uh, and we get to kind of like uh, cross pollinate each other um, in our conversation around the word and stuff like that. And so I know for, for some people, uh, a lot of people I talk to, like younger couples in particular, trying to figure out what it looks like to, to, to grow spiritually together. I think that's another like stereotypical picture in their head is it looks like, you know, you guys come together at this right time and then you calmly, kindly agree on everything the Bible says. And you know, no one gets mad because the other person's trying to teach the other person and you know, all that stuff. It's like this nice calm thing. Um, you know, and it can look like that. That can be a beautiful thing, but it doesn't have to look like that. Um, and so for couples, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a thing, um, a freedom maybe it would offer. And then with kids, like, I, I think all of you guys can attest to this. If you, if you're a family, if you have a family with kids, like it's just going to be chaotic. And so to, to read, and I've learned that my kids are paying attention, even when I don't think they're paying attention, <laughs> they're absorbing stuff, even when I, I think their mind is somewhere else. Um, but also just to ask questions and it's okay to kind of maybe even have a more chaotic conversation with them about things and maybe enter into their craziness a little bit, um, instead of expecting them to always like calm down and come to this like nice little, if you wait for that to happen, like it just may never happen. You know what I mean? So plow through and do it anyway. And I think people will be surprised as to, you know, actually what they glean from that. Sorry that uh, Kelly has to teach you the Bible and you get mad about it. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag. That's fine. Um, I know kind of hit on it a little bit, but like, man, any around your personal interaction with uh, the Bible and maybe you can speak to devotional time or other things around study or just in general, like what does your interaction with the Bible look like? Um, you know, like whether it's devotional time, study time, you know, communal conversation stuff around the scriptures, anything you want to share, glimpses into your life, what that looks like that might be helpful. For me, mine generally looks largely the same. Um, so going back to your point, Scott, Tammy and I kind of have some separate Bible times throughout the week. And normally on a weekend, then we'll come together and read like the focal passage. But I'm in, I'm in Second Corinthians right now. I think she's doing a study by Jen, Jen Wilkins and Samuel. But um in the mornings, a lot of times I'll grab the Bible and I'm going through second Corinthians and I'll normally read like the chapter I'm on, but I'll try to read the chapter of four, the chapter I'm in and then the chapter ahead. Okay. It doesn't always happen that way, but that way I kind of remember where I've left off zone in on that one. A lot of times I'll consider it for a little bit. If I'm honest, not as, not as much as I should, but then in the ESV study Bible, I'll normally read the commentary on there as well, just to kind of give me a little bit more insight on that. And then I'll kind of close in prayer. And honestly, it's probably about half an hour. It's, it's not extremely long, but it, it's helpful for me just to get in there regularly to kind of span it. And also then it gives me multiple readings of, of a passage because I'm reading it one day and then I kind of cover over it the next day a little bit. And so that's kind of where I've been recently. That's cool. How about you, Grant? That's cool. Um, I think that, that's surprising, Matt, that you have a routine that it looks the same <laughs> regularly. 
I was waiting for Matt to be like, eh, it's, it's sporadic, uh, hit and miss, evening, morning, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, that's good. Uh, man, I, I would say it, to you who are like, oh, what is the answer? You might be listening and saying, what is the answer? Because, gosh, what a tough thing. I mean, throughout the, the years that I've been following Jesus, it's looked different. Uh, I think it does look different because I, I, I preach every week. And one of the questions that, that I've, even in the last six months, several people have asked, like, you know, do, does, uh, do you like read the Bible? Like, how does it, the fact that you have to spend a, a ton of time reading the Bible uh, to, to preach it, how does that impact your personal study? And, and there are times when I keep those things completely separate. Uh, I don't, because I get to read the Bible for work, so to speak, um, doesn't, doesn't mean that before I work, I don't get to read the Bible for, for me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, right now I am, I would say raking um, through, uh, I'm using the, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, it has forsaken me. Uh, I'll look it up. The uh, app, uh, read scripture, read scripture app. Mm -hmm. And it has the Bible project videos where they're like in context. And so like I'm in Leviticus right now and trudging through, some difficult reading in Leviticus. And then, you know, they'll have a Bible project video on like, what is holiness and, and why did this matter? And so in context, it is a gift, uh, usually like three chapters, uh, give or take. And sometimes that's, that can be long, you know, when you're scrolling and you're like, oh, okay. For me, I, I always scroll the bottom, see what's there, scroll back up. Okay. And then there's always a Psalm and that Psalm, like whether I'm focused in that Leviticus stuff right now or, or whatever it is, or not, that psalm is like a restoration of the heart. Try to, to, to plunk out a, uh, a line or two just to say, man, that is good. Uh, like to, just to meditate on that for the next few minutes, prayerfully, whatever, um, or even throughout the day. Um, and so that's what I'm doing right now. But then, you know, uh, a month ago, I was hanging out in Micah. Um, the plan is to preach Micah in, I don't know, some months. And so just personally looking through that uh, on my own, I'm not writing a sermon. I'm not bullet pointing. I'm not thinking in terms of uh, sermon structure. I'm just saying what is here um, for me. And so that's, that's the long of it. And then when that time comes, I'll spend a ton of time in Micah um, in my, my job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if that's what we end up doing. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. And, and you know, our, our community group, uh, Rick and Faye usually shoot out um, to your Paul Tripp point, Scott, some, um, uh, New Morning Mercies, like we kind of been reading that as a group. And so they'll post that, which is just an easy reminder um, devotionally to, to set our hearts together around something. Um, I almost look at uh, those like uh, spoon fed devotions compared to wading through the scriptures. Like a, a, a devotion is like a soul jolt that if nothing else and you wake up and you have a, a crying, whatever, or you have, or you're late for, and, and your day is, you know, not like Matt Tucker would like to start his day. Um, <laughs> And if you can get, if you can get a devotional in, or if you're brushing your teeth and you can listen to a, you know, a half of a chapter mm -hmm. in an app or whatever, like all those things, man, great opportunities to, to build you up. And, and the last thing I would say is throughout the day, uh, Kim and I more regularly than anything are talking about uh, articles or sermon chunks that are in social media. Um, you know, she's a, a Chandler guy. And so I always have to compete with that in my life. Um, <laughs> And so uh, I said jokingly most of the time, but 
Um, but, but she like feeds my soul that way as much as I feed her soul. And, and Hey, did you see that gospel coalition or Piper on whatever, or Keller on whatever, all the, all the people. Um, and so, man, that it, it's kind of, um, throughout our day, we're interacting with the word a lot and it might not look like a cup of coffee in a quiet mm-hmm. room. Yeah. 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 I mean, I want to like, it's not a cheaper way of interacting with the Bible to listen to it. I mean, given what we talked about in terms of the way, like, you know, folks, folks way back in the day used to have to interact with it. They just had to listen to it. And sporadically, man, we get to listen to it on repeat if we want to over and over again. Like the Bible was written to be heard aloud, to be read aloud. And so if you're not a big reader or, um, or if you just like to listen to stuff, if you're somebody who absorbs things audibly more easily, man, like there are, you can download like the ESV app, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like we'll read you the text. There's a, an app, uh, called streetlights, which is really cool. Like it's basically like, uh, folks reading scripture to music or to a beat in the background. Hmm. Um, and so like, I've been listening to that, like, uh, trying to, I'm stuck in my basement (laughs) basically all day, every day. So at some point I try to get outside. Uh, and if I take a walk or something like that, I'll, I've been listening to the Psalms, um, that way, which has just been really cool. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I want folks to know, like, it's not a, uh, it's not a cheaper or lesser version of the Bible to listen to it, um, you know, instead of reading it. So man, listen to it. Uh, I, I do try to rake um, in the mornings before the kids get up. That is not always an, a uh, successful endeavor. Uh, however, I'm going through second Samuel right now. Um, I have a, it's upstairs. I should have brought it down here. Um, it's a, an ESV reader's Bible. So there's like no chapters, no, no verses, no, cross-reference things, no footnotes. It's like, it's just words on a page. And so for me, that's helpful as someone who is easily drawn uh, and distracted by like all of the fun little things that like, you know, break up the page uh, for me just to be able to read the words and, uh, and, and just to, to skim, just to rake kind of the story is really good um, for my soul. And then, yeah, I mean, throughout the week, I know all of us are digging into the Bible for different things. Like for me, it's making the discipleship guide um, studying uh acts with uh with a couple guys actually have that call here um in a few minutes or whatever and so for me it's you know i have a couple study bibles to look at a couple cultural background commentaries and all that stuff usually if i'm like studying for like a study like that or leading group or whatever one of my favorite things is just to print out like uh print out a chunk of text actually i have one here romans 14 uh printed that out and like i i love just to scribble um, and, and draw on stuff, make connections, underline all those things. Like that's helpful for my brain, um, to do that. Yeah. And then take some notes and other things like that. And just, yeah, just to learn and dig deeper into a particular, you know, passage or chapter or whatever. So, um, yeah. And as a family, uh, for us, like we usually do the talk about the Cato, whatever that lesson was, you know, from Sunday, um, we'll like watch the video. And then at some point in the week, actually read, you know, as long as it's not like eight chapters worth of stuff, like read the text of whatever the, the main point was. Um, I just started going through Jonah with our, our two oldest kids, just studying it together, printing it off for them. Hey, circle stuff, underline things, write questions, which has been fun. Um, and then we've been going through Genesis slowly but surely, just reading a chapter at a time with them uh, a night or two in the evening. Nothing crazy, um, but yeah, that's kind of what, what that looks like for me. In a normal week. 
one interesting thing, I, I think you had all those things up and you say, yeah, our family was, was, you know, the word was, was present in our family's life. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the beauty is that when they look back and, and we think about that um, as well um, with the kids or whatever, um, one quick note, you talked about the ESV reader's Bible and I have one of those. That's what I typically read when I'm at home so much that like, you know, my family struggles and, and I struggle sometimes to know if I'm working hmm. or if I'm reading or if I'm reading, not work, you know, like yeah. sometimes I'm reading yeah. a book and that's work. And so like, um, like if, if I'm using this Bible, it's, it's work, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. And when I'm reading the black Bible, I'm not working. And so it's the, uh, the <laughs> Friday and you're working scowl of like, Hey, this is the black Bible, you know, it's not. And so, um, but that's just like a little window into real life and yeah. the way those things flesh out a little bit. So, yeah, I did. I heard, uh, uh, there's two sides to this coin. I heard Al Mohler talking one time about, uh, I forget if somebody asked him or what it was, but like talking about his personal Bible reading. And he's like, dude, my personal Bible reading is what I'm preaching, you know, on yeah. Sunday or whatever. And so like, I think for folks who are in ministry or maybe who are leading a group or who are just leading in any particular kind of ministry outlet, like it's okay for your your personal reading and your study or uh, your, your personal reading and what you're kind of like digging into to teach through or whatever, like it's okay for those things to be the same thing. And in yeah. fact, I think all of us would say in order for you to be able to teach it or in order for you to best lead someone in a thing, like you really shouldn't allow the spirit to shape your heart around that text first. Yeah. And so I thought that was really freeing. Um, and then on the flip side, for those um, who are, who are just wanting to get into reading and don't have a place to start yet, like, Hey, like you're, your personal like reading uh, time doesn't have to be different from maybe the, the, the sermon series that we're in right now. So like, like I was talking about, he and Tammy, you guys reading like the focal passage together on the weekends, spend a week in the focal passage or, or read, you know, before or after, or, you know, whatever, like you don't have to be creative. (laughs) Like as a church, we're already going through something. So don't feel like you have to pick something different. Um, But yeah. So just a couple things there. I think that's so good. And I think one way that we grow is if you do that in advance, especially if you're a new believer or not, you read a text in advance and then you hear somebody, um, one of us talk about it for 40 minutes, then it's going to, it's going to either, I mean, over time, you're going to say, yeah, I saw that too. Or that was the same or like, huh? (laughs) You know, and and all those things are going to happen. And, but that's just a sweet thing just to say, how am I understanding this? And is this the way other people are understanding this rather than going to a a Sunday, so to speak, going to a group and then on the back end saying, well, so that's what I think about that. There is a big difference. And if you sift and let it sift you on the front end of that, man, that, that is a, that's a great resource um, to be challenged and to be, you know, contoured by the same word. Yeah, for sure. I even say there's uh to to matt your point like way earlier about again being stirred to share you know what you've been reading with other people i think there is a lens for that as we're reading the scriptures too of like man like even just as we're reading i would love to know what so and so thinks about this and so man what questions could i ask him about that or you know like what what questions do i have that i can ask Mm -hmm. them hey what do you think about this thing here and so i think there's even a way for us which kind of breaks us a bit out of the individualistic thing 
to say, hey, like I want other people who have the Holy Spirit in them and who might know a little something about the Bible to like help shape me in this too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's really cool. For sure. Any other, uh, man, tips, resources, um, any other things that you would suggest to folks um, who, man, maybe want to begin kind of interacting in some way with the Bible on a regular basis? Um, I just, for anyone out there that, like you said, doesn't do this or struggles to do this, man, like, if I'm honest, it's it's not always like my first joy to wake up and jump into God's word. And I don't always consistently do it. And so, man, for like what I try to do with our family Bible time, and I think I've shared this before, is first of all, to pray that, that God would give me a love for his word, that God would give me a love for prayer, because there are things that seem more appealing than sometimes doing the work of understanding God's word. And so, man, you're not alone. Um, if, if it's not like, yes, you know, or something like that, then, uh, man, God, God can give you that over time. And, uh, it's, it's not like the three of us or even Adam always just have this halo around us. And we're always like, just drawn to that. The first thing Adam, Adam uh, does. I think Adam, Adam does. does. <laughs> but look, look, yes, you got it right there. And then the second thing I wrote down and I actually talked to another guy from our church recently about this is just like planning for this in the week. You know, we, we have rhythms for meals, we have rhythms for work or for when we have leisure time and to say, gosh, maybe, maybe I'm going to try to, to have a Bible time four times a week and to not just hope that that happens, but then to say, when is the best time for me to do this? And to like put a reminder on your phone or something like that. I mean, it might seem unspiritual, but at the same time, doing something as intentional as that will probably help you to, to actually accomplish what you set out to do instead of just hoping that I get into the word and find time at some point to do it. Because I think, I don't know what he mentioned, we're probably never going to just feel like the time is right to do this. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be work. It's going to be intentional if we're going to really um, not just get something out of it, but try to engage with, with God's word. Um, and then also sometimes I put like, it's been more helpful for me as I've done more discipleship recently. I didn't do that as much as I should have. And when I get to do discipleship with three or four guys, now I'm reading different books and that's forcing me to get into the word more. When I'm reading my Bible in the morning, I'm thinking certainly how I get to grow from it. But then I'm also applying those things to, oh, that person had this question about this or, oh, he needed to hear that. And then I can also take those tools and then apply them to there. So it's just helpful for me as I also relate with others and disciple, it kind of causes me to burrow down a little bit more and to think about how I might be able to apply this to myself and others as well. So it's kind mm-hmm. of almost an accountability tool as well. When you, when you know you're going to connect with other guys that are going to ask you about that, it's, it's helpful to have that. That's good. That's great. Uh, I affirm all that. And I, maybe just, I would close with one encouragement. Um, I think it was Tim Challies or somebody said, you know, it's not, it's not a one, um, it's not one moment that you sit down and and your your mind is transformed and it's not magical. You don't walk away from it feeling like, yeah, you know, like it's not always like that. Yeah. But it's moment after moment in, in so much that you build a lifetime over time of interaction with God's word that he uh, he conforms you to his image. That's what he does. His spirit reminds you of the word. Um, and that word reminds you of who you are in Christ because of Christ's work. Um, and so it's, it's just that on repeat over and over and over. And, and so it's, it's not this one magical moment, but it's a consistency over time. And then just to be mindful of the fruit that that's producing in you, 
and to think about it holistically, we say head, heart, hand, but, but um, our transformation uh, starts with us having a new heart, but that happens through us gaining knowledge about God and about ourselves and, and, and where that points us. And so as you read, before you get up, before you close it, say, man, how did this shape my thoughts? Hmm. What did what I just read shape my thoughts? And then uh, as you consider that, say, well, how did those thoughts shape my heart and the way that I feel and the way that I, I interact? Um, and then how does that new heart shape the way that, that my hands engage the people around me? And so um, you should be conformed to the image of Christ over, over time. And you get to be mindful today. How does what I read shape my thinking, my feeling, and my acting in the context that I get to engage today, you know? Absolutely, which is incredibly ordinary. <laughs> I, th I think that's like to Matt's point of like, or your point, like like Halo stuff, you yeah. know, like there, there is no Halo Matt, <laughs> that we like, that we have when we go into Bible reading. We don't leave with like a Halo, you know, either. It, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and that shouldn't be, I, I think when we think that, that's how we should feel going into it or that we should feel something coming out of it. Again, that's one of those things that I think teases up to either never do it or walk away disappointed every single time. But the reality is like the bigger and better thing is that it, it doesn't have to be this halo moment in order for God to be at work, that he's actually present with us and at work in us mm -hmm. and through us around us in every single ordinary time and thing ever. And so like you're, you're never going into like a, a Bible time that's not sacred like when you open up the word, like that is always a, a beautiful thing, no matter if you're groggy and don't feel like it or whatever, like that's a, that's a sacred time because the Lord is there. He's present with you. Um, and so, uh, I mean, sometimes the most like uh, spiritual thing that uh, the, the spiritual battle that I have around the word, like to my personal time is literally just like fighting my flesh to go to bed early. You know what I mean? Like, and that seems really dumb um, as if that's like a huge spiritual, but it's for me, like if, if it's, if it's not carving that time out to go to bed, then I'm not going to get up early and, and be up and able to do that either. And so to, to be intentional um, with our time is important. That says, Hey, like this is a priority to me that, that the Lord is a priority to me. And so you may not walk away feeling like, Oh, like feel really great, but man, like you, you have, uh, honor the Lord with your day. And there, there simply is just a peace. Uh, even if you're physically tired, there's a spiritual peace and comfort and contentment that comes from that, um, that you can't buy, I think like in any other way. Um, and, and sometimes that means like the most spiritual thing you can do sometimes for yourself is to go to bed early, um, and realize that it is over the course of time and days that you get to grow, but it's also, like while you're waiting to grow that God is still there and meeting with you all along the way. So um, any other final thoughts at all for a piece out for the day? Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks. If you listened slash uh, slash watched this far, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, reminder. I didn't, I don't think I reminded people on the front end. Like if you have questions uh, that you would like to send us, we are planning on doing some kind of a, a question and response episode at the end of the series. Um, could be really short, could be really long. <laughs> it all depends on you. Um, but uh, send us uh, questions if you got them. And if you send us a question that you would like us to, to kind of wrestle with, um, you'll be entered into a, a drawing to win some resources uh, handpicked by us. We'll send those to you uh, and we'll, 
we'll be drawing that uh, here in three or four weeks. So uh, send us those things. Uh, there's a link on the website, or you can, if you have our, <laughs> if you have our phone numbers, you can text us uh, <laughs> at the very least. If we don't know you, uh, you can email us at info at myvillagechurch.com and uh, let us know what your question is and we'll get the information from you there. So uh, cool. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week talking about genres of the Bible and different things like that. Um, so looking forward to that conversation. Uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.